When you miss a playoff deciding handball on decision day, but it's all good because you said you were sorry. It's That's So MLS, <laughs> the North American soccer podcast with myself, Nick Thornton. And with me, as always, is Andrew Bates. Andrew, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Uh, if every time, um, you know, the, the, the wing beats of a butterfly can, can change events halfway across the world, and it seems that one... Uh, one one clear and obvious decision can can uh, change the future for uh, six different teams. That certainly was the case, of course. By now, I feel like probably folks know. But if you didn't hear, there was a missed penalty call for Sporting Kansas City that had massive implications for at least four or five teams. Um, and Peter Vermees, of course, is not happy about that. But we will get to that. But, of course, we are somewhat under the gun here, under some pressure to get this episode recorded before Canada kicks off. Um, So, of course, by the time you listen to this, the game will already have happened um, in snowy Edmonton. But, of course, we we have to still sort of set it up and talk about it, and it will still be relevant for uh, when we join you next time to talk about Canada's sublime victory, I'm assuming. (laughs) <laughs> and that so, piece yeah, will either age very well or not at all. <laughs> we're in the, the, the international break. Um, th- there's been a little bit of a time that I'm sure a, a couple teams like Seattle will appreciate. And, and, and the big thing for Canada at this time has been playing uh, playing games in Edmonton, both because that's the, um, you know, the home city of Alfonso Davies. And because I feel like after a fashion, this was, our opportunity, um, I'm sure you've noticed it. Mm-hmm. Canada has gotten more shithousery in its <laughs> yes. in its in its uh, in its arsenal. And after so many times of going to I, you know, I Central feel America, Daniel Henry, Henry would uh, not disagree with you there. After so many times of of going down to you know you know very hot or or, alt- or altitude games, the hope was. To book these games in Edmonton, both because you know you would get a huge reaction from Alfonso Davies, and because mm-hmm. um, and because it's it's cold. Um, <laughs> I was like, and because well, because it's fucking cold. <laughs> there, there was there was you know uh, snow on the ground this morning. I'd say stop snowing. The good news, it stopped snowing, but it it has. But the reason why it has stopped snowing is because it's so cold. Um, I like the, the tweet that called it Ice Tekka. <laughs> I, I thought that was a nice a nice little. There's there's lots of good memes going around. Obviously, the Mexican media is also having a, a field day with it as well. I sent you that cover, the cover that has the Night King that says "Enjoy the cold." Yeah. <laughs> I think they're taking it in good stride. You know, this is this is an attempt to to play that through. But I also Absolutely. saw a meme that it had like universe, the universe brain meme, and the universe brain position being that the bad conditions uh, will hamper the better team, Canada. Yeah, I mean, it's that's entirely possible too. I mean, this one I feel like already has more of the flavor of like. A Rocky Mountain Cup in MLS. Like I, I'm expecting to see RSL in Colorado take the pitch to be kicking around a, a ball in the turf, uh, in the snow. And I mean, to that point too, it certainly doesn't really suit the uh, the skills of Canada. Obviously, we're a, a quick counter-attacking team down the flanks, and if that ball ain't rolling, 
could be a little difficult. But anyway, should it's be a good game. Four. That's right yeah. I mean, that's temperate. Um, <laughs> but as, but, but that... what you sort of said earlier is is that what we've seen from Canada is they they're able to get a little bit more stuck into some of these matches and and just. Uh, you know the the time wasting and and the things that we've seen all teams Canada's ever played against uh, utilize. We've been a little bit too clean and polite about the whole thing, and it's good to see them finding ways to kill off games here, as we did as, as we saw against their their first game against Mexico. Yeah, uh, the the Costa Rica game was definitely felt like one of those cagey games. You know that 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 Canada was able to pull out the result with the one nothing win. Um, there was an idiot on the field for a second. Seemed like there was a couple of idiots on the field for a few seconds. Did you see the video of that person just getting just pancaked into the boards? I did see that. And I was like, I don't know that, that that's, you know, page one of safety protocol for tackling a bystander but or a pitch intruder. But One soccer put him on camera for a second. He yeah. was in the. He was in the. There was somebody in the technical area, like with their arms around, with Urban's arms around them, or something. And I'm like, oh. that's that represents a huge failure of something, <laughs> <laughs> of a number of things, in fact. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how things kick off. I feel like the the weather in Edmonton certainly suits there being if there are pitch intruders, uh, hopefully clothed. But you never know. You never know. I think the funny thing is, is that we've all been looking at this from the perspective of soccer fans, and I have some people from Edmonton in my feed, and they're all like, I have no idea why you guys are doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Why why did people, why was it planned, the Edmonton perspective on this is, what person in their right mind thought this was a good idea? And then you have to tell them, oh, no, it's actually the, the being a bad idea is on purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes through. We are, we are um, you know, getting ready and, and waiting and lying in wait for the beginning of the MLS playoffs now that we have, now that we have experienced Decision Day. I feel that it was a pretty, uh, that it was pretty eventful. There were... There were some great matches. There was in, in there were some races that went right down to the line, yeah. And, and in in some instances, uh, past a, a clear and obvious level. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it had all the. I mean, of course, it just makes for a, a really crazy Sunday where everybody is basically playing simultaneously. But of course, that's part of the chaos that we we love here at that so MLS, and and we certainly chaos, want chaos. to encourage. Um, but it, yeah, certainly made for a busy one. Of course, maybe we should start with the most clear and obvious place to start, which is um, with this game that we mentioned off the top, which was Sporting Kansas City RSL, which finished RSL one nothing over Sporting Kansas City. But of course, one of the things, that, well, the major talking point of this game was a fairly clear. No call on a handball from, I believe it was Albert Ruznak. Um, and, of course, the, you know, the referee doesn't call it. It goes to VAR. VAR decides it's not clear and obvious how I'm not quite certain. Um, but as we've seen with penalty kicks, that kind of thing can happen, right? Like where it's it just it's it should be, but it is not. 
Um, I mean, that they I, would come that they would come out and say it wasn't because because it's one of the things that we always talk about is 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 to say sometimes in, in calls that we think shouldn't have been given is to say, oh well, if it isn't if it doesn't seem clear and obvious, then we shouldn't have done it. And and here we have an official who made that made that um, declaration. Like you, I kind of think that it seems pretty clear in this world mm-hmm. of trying to make those those determinations that they then, as you as you mentioned in the in the first line, that they went out and said this was this was an error, and then what? <laughs> yes, this is this is the chain of events. The handball the handball is not called. The handball is varred. And not given as a PK. Um, Peter Vermees in this post match goes after all of pro, all of refereeing in MLS. Of course he is fined. <laughs> like almost instantly, people are upset. Um, and then pro apologizes. Pro pro might have apologized before, before Peter Vermees got fined. But my point is like, it, it's just like these random smatterings of things happening with no clear logic to link these events together of like, <laughs> so I we mean, had that Peter Vermees that got fined because you it's breaking league policy. We know that whether you're right or you're wrong about your criticism of officials, it's very clear that you cannot do it. So that's why he's getting fined for that. That's fine. But the, to, to then come out and be like, Oh, well we did get it wrong, but everything is going to stay the same um and of course this had the biggest implications for galaxy i think because la galaxy just about <laughs> almost nearly made it in um uh, it, but I of course rsl was able to to get get, a, get across the line here's how here's how history changes if if this game ends one nothing first board in kansas city one kansas city would have won the west and got a first round bye two Colorado has to play the first round against LA Galaxy, which makes the playoffs. Three, RSL misses out for Vancouver and Seattle play each other. So that's six teams that, that that are doing something different now. Portland, Minnesota remains the same. That's the only that's the only uh, event that that stays the same. Right. And now, and I don't want to pour cold water on this argument of Sporting Kansas City being aggrieved. They are. Fair. Nobody's arguing that. But I also feel like Sporting Kansas City did not do themselves any favors coming into this one because Peter Vermees has doggedly sticked to his first choice starting 11. Um, and, you know, now thinking about this team heading into the playoffs, they missed the first round by. They're f- going up against the Whitecaps, who are in a good run of form, a very different mentality this is a major mental blow to sporting Kansas city right before the playoffs. Now they get the break. Um, but I feel like people are also aren't really giving RSL enough credit because people sort of talk about this one as if, well, well, if sporting Kansas city gets that penalty, then they would have won. Now, obviously uh, a draw would have also seen, I, th- I think a draw would have gone, had them go through as well. Um, uh, but it just no. Sorry. Here's here's <laughs> here's how I saw it. Happened. Here's how I saw it. My point is, is Sporting that... Kansas City could have done some things to like they wouldn't have necessarily won this game, and RSL probably still scores that late goal. RSL, you know, 
when people are like, okay, if it's if it's a penalty given, then it's a different game. But that applies to both teams. <laughs> so my point is just that all we can say things would have been exactly different this way, but we can't really say that. We have to say like, well, things could have looked very differently, but we don't know how things would have played out. I think that the the here's how I saw it, and why I think I think that because it's in, in stoppage time, the emotional. I think that you have to take the emotional effect of conceding in stoppage time into into account. I feel like it can't be, it can't. The, the, of course, the I'm team, just, I'm the saying... team, the team that scores after Jameer Krylock, yeah, is a different team if they get if they concede in stoppage time two minutes before that. Sure, their their tactics are going to be different. But how I see it and how I I saw it at the time, I was tracking. Obviously, I was watching Vancouver and Seattle, mm-hmm. and. I was also tracking the LA Galaxy and Minnesota game, and uh, which was not available in, in, in via the, the the Canadian list of options for some reason, um, and the LAFC Colorado game. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one I'm watching is is LAFC Colorado, and then obviously, you know, uh, Colorado pulls away in that, and then you're looking at at, at LA and Minnesota as they as they reflexively, you know, pull up and in in pull away from each other in that game. And there's a lots of events. And throughout this whole time as it's happening, the the game that seemed a little bit more uneven on paper because RSL had been in poor form heading into this. Mm-hmm. Um is on this tot 0-0 situation. And I think that one of one of the things that is making this so egregious for people is that everything relied on that till the last moment. Vancouver was Vancouver was set. Yeah. LA was set. LAFC was set. Those right. those results had all more like like obviously they could have changed in the last minute, but like it was literally the last thing to happen in the season. Of course. No, I and which <laughs> I, I completely agree. I think that you're right. That's why people are so angry. I also, I'm just saying that it's RSL. They will score a 95th minute goal <laughs> to draw or to win things. We've seen There's them score no... two in stoppage time. I'm just saying, I'm not comfortable saying that definitively without, if that PK gets called RSL or Sporting Kansas City, automatically get the the buy. I think it's not giving enough credit to RSL and their chaos element. Um, is it likely? Of course. My actual question from all of this is a lot of people are still sort of picking Sporting Kansas City as their favorites to go through. And at the beginning of the season, you and I said, Peter Vermees has a make-or-break season. People are wearing a, a, getting a little tired of his system um, because we saw it didn't really work last season without his first choice starting eleven. Knowing all the things today, do you think Sporting Kansas City makes it past Vancouver? Let alone whatever else in in the playoffs. But do you think Sporting Kansas City can right the ship, turn things around, come in, refocus, and beat Vancouver? I would give them. I mean, I know they were at home here, but I would give them the benefit of the doubt at home. Um, as a Vancouver fan, there's a there's a broader. I'm going to answer this question specifically on my feelings about Sporting Kansas City, and then we'll talk about the Vancouver part. Sure. Um, when 
uh, when they met in Vancouver, um, you in recent years, specific they haven't always had necessarily a rivalry, but certainly Sporting Kansas City has specific, has been a team to deliver misery to the Vancouver Whitecaps, and <laughs> this is a scenario. And and I would say for being a team that until you know until this game seemed like the the potentially the best team in the conference. Uh, I don't think you could really have called Seattle that because of the injury situation. Um, I would say from the from the match in Vancouver, they looked beatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't necessarily mean... I don't think compared to, say, a Seattle, I don't necessarily... Where, where, where they have to get a little bit... They have to work a little harder to get back up to their level. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think... Sporting Kansas City has dropped, like like is underperforming, but there, there there are vulnerabilities, and Vancouver has improved a lot, and and now you have this situation where um, mm-hmm. they still have a tremendous record at home. Um, they only lost three times um, throughout the whole season, and. and as we know from our discussion, one of them is in dispute. Mm-hmm. Um, it will still emotionally feel like a big challenge for Vancouver because of the lasting memory of, of things like, you know, the the big blow away game there a couple of years ago. Um, but that's the thing. There's only one player on the Whitecaps who will remember that. <laughs> that's right. And it's Russell Tybert because everybody else got shipped out after that. So. <laughs> That's a lot to think about. Well, let's talk um, about Vancouver because they played a uh, a somewhat sort of limping across the finish line Seattle, who still managed to place uh, second, just behind Colorado Rapids. Um, that's right. An exciting showdown at BC Place um, of, of sort of vintage Vancouver Whitecaps performance. Certainly in the first few minutes, tons of chances right out of the gate, and then of course Vancouver gives themselves a hill to climb and give away a. Sixth minute penalty to Freddie Montero, who scores. Um, of course, it has to be as we talked about last week. Of course, it has to be Seattle. Of course, it has to be Freddie, and of course, it has to be an early penalty. Like it just—it's all <laughs> the stars aligning. There was no part of me that was surprised by any of that. Um, and then shortly after that, Vancouver is able to break back into the game. I sort of forgotten this until I watched the highlights again, but Brian White really sacrificed a good chunk of his head to uh, get a ball on frame that. It eventually finds Gauld, who makes absolutely no mistake. And it does end up finishing 1-1. Um, he got color. He he was busted wide open. He he had a, a huge gash of uh, and of blood on his forehead after that play. Um, but he was able to, to tough it out. Um, not a great performance, really, from either side. But it, I still felt like it was a decent result from the Whitecaps. And you have to feel like... You know, any time we're not dropping all three points to Seattle is a good day. Um, I, I feel like that's true of all MLS sides. Yeah, despite... Seattle is still an incredibly good team. Yeah, and despite their their shakiness as of late, you know, Stefan Fry is back. We talked about Jordan Morris coming back. Like, the, the pieces that have stepped in are certainly functioning well. I, I think I have questions about whether or not this Seattle team, as it currently stands, is really... Uh, an MLS Cup team, but still, you know, the way that they're set up and the, the way they play at times is, is still just far and away better than 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 other 
teams, but for me, the most encouraging thing, this is a very long way of saying it looked like Vancouver was really able to like match a, a, a fairly similar level of play, even though I know Seattle can play several levels above that. It was nice to see us not played off the pitch. Um, you know, tactically set up very well, defensively, everyone doing what they needed to do. So, you know, uh, a positive, of course, secured Vancouver's uh, fate in to get into the playoffs um, in, in that sixth spot. So I, I kind of feel like, really, if you're talking about the Whitecaps even three months ago, <laughs> you would be very surprised if not astounded that we were we would be talking about this. So it, it, it's got to be positive for them, but certainly you feel like uh, there's lots of improvement that the Whitecaps still need. This was a this was a tenacious performance for the Whitecaps, and, and, and what you are talking about, about being able to, to, to turn in that thing about Seattle, is um, we are, we have somehow, despite feeling like an uh, underdog in every game, because we are, um, we have put together one of the sec the, the second best form in MLS, the second best team in MLS during the run-in. Um, mm-hmm. And so now the question is, now that we're in the playoffs, can we defeat? You know, there's a uh, uh, there's an Apostle Hustle song called "How to Defeat a More Powerful Enemy," um, and and now that we have have atta- attained to this level of form, that people are looking at the Whitecaps and saying, "Wow, this team is quite good." Um, can we? live up to that, you know, billing if we are to, we, we're going to have to, to, to do anything in this playoffs, we are going to have to be one of the best teams in the conference. And then we're going to have to do it again. And, and, and there will be no, there will be no easy outs or, <laughs> or, won't be. or ones where you think, oh, well, this will be a, this will be, a, you know, one we can, one we can pull off relatively easy or one that we feel confident about. It's all going to be uphill. Um, but yeah, the, coming from the situation of things being so far gone, right? Things being at the absolute bottom of the at the absolute bottom of the barrel. Um, the idea that they've made the playoffs is wild. Like, like things were so bad after RSL, <laughs> after after the team's RSL it felt so bad this I is was what walking I'm saying it's just room. it's like it's just two completely different teams on every every possible level i was walking around the living room of my house just like talking about how the level of malaise that had seeped in and how it had always felt that it was never going to get better but but then you have you know the 411 and then that you know it all comes to the head at the pacific game but they have the win, the four-one win in Sartine's first game against RSL. You have the uh, the Brian White hat trick against San Jose. You have the comeback against Portland, and it's just like to 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 have put all that together is simply incredible as a, as an as an end to end story. Um, yeah, there well, are reports today. Have oh. you heard these reports? Do you want to talk about the rumors? I haven't heard any rumors. Let's talk about rumors. Manuel Veth has reported that Vanny Sartini got the permanent job. Oh, okay. Was, yeah, was that's... reported, was was offered it and uh, given it. He said that he expected a, he said he expected an announcement today, and then, uh, hard journalist was talking to Vanny Sartini 
four hours later and, and he said, of course I want the contract. I just don't want the next contract to be, I don't know, at BC Hydro. I love that he's just become the new, like, MLS feel-good poster boy. Like, (laughs) I feel like there's a weird, like, conversion of, like, enough people watching Ted Lasso with Vanny Sartini arriving on the scene that, like, people just love the positivity, the cat Instagram posts. Um, I, I love it. Everybody's all in on Sartini. And, you know, even a few weeks ago, I was like, I, you know, do we go with just the next guy or can we, you know, go on the actual search? But I mean, yeah, results are everything. He's certainly been able to get the most out of this performance. Uh, you know, I, I like that in clinching the playoffs, he also tipped the hat to Mark Dos Santos and said, you know, like this is his, he did build this team. Um, he, he just seems to be a focused on the right things. Um, and obviously, you know, he's great with the players and he's a great personality, but it's the performances he's been able to get out of this club. Um, they're playing at a much higher level than they have been. Yes. Still susceptible to <laughs> their, their old ways at points, just to play a little bit of fantasy football league for a second. If you're a Vancouver Whitecaps fan, it's conceivable they go through, I suppose. You know, if we beat Sporting Kansas City, we will face either Seattle or RSL. I feel like if RSL is able to win that one, maybe we squeak past them. But the only issue would be if we somehow make it to the conference finals. I feel like we're going to be playing against Colorado, and I don't know that that goes well. Um, Let's talk a little bit about um, a little bit about Colorado because yeah um, the that was quite the like I think that they're a real sneak up on you team we've been ta- we've been talking about it you've been you've been banging the drum for and 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 incorrect to do so but I don't think that a lot of people predicted them to be the the number one in the conference even a couple of weeks ago and and no. and a team. That was definitely, I think, for most of the season has has been, you know, a step behind and trying to regain their footing is LAFC. And it really seems like Colorado is not one of those, you know, LAFC has that, you know, perennial contender birth that Colorado lacks. And Colorado just, just mopped the floor with them. Yeah. It wasn't, it, it. The, of course it was. Of course there were roller coaster moments. Um, yeah. But, but the scoreline you'd think that like oh okay LAF, LAFC like put up something of a fight, but I sort of feel like even that belies how lopsided this game was. <laughs> like yeah, man. I'm sure it felt like five nothing to LAFC fans. Um, yeah. I think part of the strength, though, is is what you're talking about, the, and the why they're flying under the radar is because they've got the lowest wage in MLS, the the lowest wage bill. They don't have a ton of strikers. They're scoring goals by committee. Um, Lewis was able to get two Warner, Bassett, Badgie all scored in this game, and that's been the story of their season. Is is that their system does not change based off of which player is in what role. And that has allowed them to just seamlessly swap out players. Now, the thing that I find we got so... a we got a Colin Warner goal, baby. Yeah, I think his last goal is in like 2017 or 2018 or something. Like, <laughs> I think you're correct about 2017. Yeah, and I I I love this. I love that this Colorado side is is 
playing with such a, a I mean, what better way to exemplify MLS than you've got the lowest wage bill, you've got a, a mishmash motley crew of players, you know, not, I mean, I couldn't name you the DPs on Colorado. Well, I could name you one. And that is one Mark Anthony K. And I think it's fair to say that uh, if there was ever a what went wrong at LAFC, oh, I think man. you spell it M-A-K because it, it was just so obvious in this game. Colorado's midfield was completely bossing LAFC around. I, I still like as good as Colorado is and they've got the buy. I still don't think people are ready for how good Colorado Rapids are. No, and I mean, I that's if you look at those teams right now and you say which is best equipped to be an MLS Cup, I think that's the one. Well, I, I maybe it's cheap to say because they're <laughs> number one, but but I think that's the one I'd say. Yeah. Um. It it just seems they they are the ones that suck it out to that level. Um. You saw. Uh, quite the battle between um, LA Galaxy and Minnesota to uh, to get in, and, and you really thought that that LA had done it. However, they had not done enough due to the other situation that we mentioned. Um, the uh, this was a, a a huge game, and I think also a huge game for Chicharito. Yeah, who had. Uh, uh, who had the two goals, including the the tying goal? Um, you know the was that a missed penalty by Frangipane? No, or yeah. was that just a? There was a missed PK right at the end by Minnesota. Uh... That was the best part about this game is you watch the highlights and you're like, okay, that's how it ends three three, and then you're like, wait, there's a lot of time left on this highlights package, and then you see. <laughs> The missed PK at the end. So Minnesota actually had a chance to uh, really put that one away, which would have put them uh, still below Portland, I believe. But anyway. That first that first Minnesota goal, I love it because it, in, in the RSL's only goal is the other one that was like this this week. Um, we see a bicycle kick, not assist, but, a, but a, a failed bicycle kick that results in a goal on the rebound. Yeah. That's... That's foundation. That's foundational play. That's team play. He's <laughs> trying to take a bicycle kick, not being able to get it, but you still can't look at it and say that didn't uh, that didn't contribute to the eventual goal by Hunu. Yeah, absolutely. Or was it? No, was that the Lund yeah, it was goal? Who knew? That was no. It was Boxall. It was Boxall. Oh, the Boxall goal. The... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It was Boxall who hit who tried to do a bicycle kick, and it and it went out to Lud. Right, 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 right. Who was able to to score that one? I think that's what made it 2-0, and then Chicharito scores. But I felt like there was an awful lot of ball watching in this game, too. Like, I mean, it was definitely a, like, two teams slugging it out. Um, Galaxy really with the the mountain to climb here, and good for them for clawing their way back into it. But given... (laughs) Given the fact that they give up a pretty obvious penalty at the end that Minnesota just misses, I mean, Minnesota United could not have possibly made this more difficult for themselves, and credit to Galaxy for fighting back. (laughs) It's supremely disappointing, but I don't feel like it's really fair to say, like, oh, LA Galaxy really deserve to be in the playoffs this season. And I know I'm going to catch hell for that, but given 
what went on. But I'm just saying if you look at their whole season, even kind of this game, I, I think exemplifies it, is that still, even when Galaxy are playing some of their best football, um, you know, they're giving up on goals. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're conceding a lot. It's just not all there for me. I mean, I feel like, yes, it's tough that they didn't make it into the playoffs. And I, you know, if LA had got in, um, they'd be facing Seattle. <laughs> then like, it ends the same way, really. So I, I feel like the bigger picture here thing for Galaxy is how do you rebuild and restructure this team and, and free up a little a little bit of space to do some more interesting things and build that uh, continue to build that defensive core? And for Minnesota, I think they're really going to be feeling like this was not the way to end things, you know? Like, it just way too close for comfort to get a draw in the end that should have been uh, should have been a win. Um, I'm curious to see how that affects them in the tournament. Um, I know that they're a good, strong squad, but they're also going up against a, a Portland Timbers that loves to score goals as well. And if you're challenging Portland to a shootout, <laughs> if it's going to end 4-3, I got to say it kind of favors the Timbers, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I think they're in the, they're in that position of still feeling, you know, of course, I, I think uh, they haven't necessarily had the strongest season either, but I think they're in the position of being able to really um, close those games out when it counts. Yeah. Um, the... I think that you're absolutely. I don't think that's a, a strong statement about LA Galaxy at all. I think both LAs got themselves into the situation um, where they were behind the eight ball, and they and ultimately neither of them brought it um, brought enough to the plate to be able to, you know, to turn it out. I don't think that you, if you are a team that has the players that LA Galaxy has and has the ambition that LA Galaxy has, mm-hmm. and the coach that LA Galaxy has. If you say, well, we got a 3-3 against... We got a draw against Minnesota at home, and that was the best we could have done. Uh, yeah. So, so we couldn't make it. Or, you know, we, we, we did our part. I don't really think that that is a satisfying answer to anyone. No, I, I don't think so at all. Um. Elsewhere across the league, we, we should probably touch on the Eastern Conference a little bit. Um, this one really didn't change a thing at all, but just for the lols, I love bashing Inter-Miami one week <laughs> and then having, having them beat the league leaders and uh, Supporter Shield winners. <laughs> the following week ends 1-0 from Inter-Miami, and at first I'm thinking, like, oh, that makes sense. Bruce Arena's probably rested his squad and... You know, he's just going to have trot out uh, the youngsters. Nope, full team, everybody healthy. Um, Gustavo Bo just looking really one step behind for most of this game. Um, I think they had at least one offside goal. But goodness me, Matuidi was able to do the damage. And uh, again, a game that mattered not at all, but was funny. Um, (laughs) And then we saw Atlanta, I I think... Atlanta clinched. Um, they were one of the last teams to do so. Uh, pretty decisive victory over Cincinnati. Um, that Martinez goal. Just that that's what they're going to need if they're going to perform. And, and what a goal it was. The volley on a falling ball. 
do you ever have those moments where like you see a uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz goal and you're like, I mean, there's nobody even close to him. And then you see a Joseph Martinez goal and you're like, there's nobody even close to him in MLS. And then you see a Raul <laughs> <laughs> It's just like back and forth between those two of just these stupid goals. Um, yeah, it's, I think Blackett clears a, a cross from Dam and then it just pops up to awaiting Martinez who's just like, yeah, sure, I'll hit that. And volleys while turning to fire at home in this beautiful ar- arcing ball, like just, it's like watching fi- like FIFA sometimes. So you're like somebody, somebody surely has their fingers on a control that's making this happen. <laughs> um, outstanding performance from Atlanta, and you know creates an interesting situation. They are going to be up against New York City in their first playoff game. I mean, all signs for me point to a New York City victory in this one. But Atlanta showing some fight. And look, if you've got things like that in your back locker, never say never. Um, I certainly think Atlanta did everything they could to put themselves into this position. And again, if we're talking about teams that quote-unquote deserve it, I think Atlanta, they scraped themselves that that final playoff spot and they deserve to be there to, to battle it out. Or sorry, not final. They're in fifth. But yeah, but they're but they're definitely a club that you know that also changed managers. Um, one of the what was it one in three uh, clubs yeah. changed managers this year, and and, and they're one Love of the that, ones yeah. that were in a tough situation to start. And um, you know, through various things, we haven't always seen the best of um, of Joseph this year, and and to see a little bit of that is a, is a positive. Um, oh yeah, no New York City. I I do agree with you. They've been pretty solidly on form, although um, it's Philadelphia's term to be you know team that gets a morale building um, win near the end. That Zellalem Red that starts things that 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 starts New York City in the hole is, hoof. Yeah, bad one. But Shabilko's goal bad is nice. Bad one. Great goal from Shabilko. Yeah, Philadelphia and New York City, for me, still kind of... I, I have all these question marks above them. Um, obviously, we know what both are capable of. I, I feel like, uh, you know, obviously New York City is the more attacking-minded team, um, and Philadelphia the more defensively sound one, just by a little bit. Um but yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. Philadelphia's up against Red Bulls, who were able to also squeak their way into the playoffs. So that'll be a good one. Um, I wanted to yeah. note about New York City that Tata Castellanos, with his goal, uh, won the Golden Boot. One nineteen. Oh, um, that's right. I think I'd have to look. They tweeted that the MLS tweeted that. I I have to to break down what the tiebreakers are. That means that that Ola Kamara, who also got nineteen, doesn't doesn't and it's not a shared there must be some some sort of you know and it's not assists or maybe it was assists maybe it's goals or i guess i mean i'm sure there's yeah or like minutes per goal or something ola kamara also had a very good season yeah it's just too sort of too bad for ola kamara had it for like the last like several months just like circled and it was his but uh still a great season for him um new york has sorry no, go ahead. Uh, I was going to then go back to New York. What were you going to say about uh, about Kamara? Well, I was just going to say it was not a great season for DC. No. Um, and despite a decisive win over Toronto, where Kamara was able to score a brace in that one as well, 
uh, they were still eliminated from the playoffs because the Red Bulls, of course, won and clinched. So DC ever so close, given everything that they they went through, and and ultimately I, I felt like this was not a bad way to end up being just outside of it. Um, but certainly I think they're going to feel not great being outsiders looking in at this, knowing that they just had so many poor performances. And at the, in the end, they were one point shy of uh, a playoff spot. So they know what they'll need to do. Um, but good, good finish in the end. When you look at the, at the six teams, the three that made it, the three that didn't, that were, sur- that, that surround the playoff line, DC, I'm not going to say DC's form at the end of the year was, was blindingly good, but no. DC has got to look at this as one where their inability to bring it together until late in the season cost them in the end. Um, I think that they could, I think that they could have, you know, competed in the playoffs. But when you look at those other, the the when you look at Atlanta, Orlando, New York, on what they put together near the end of the year and, and the in the totality of the year they had, I think that that. Um, I think that they, you know, put together a better case. Um, DC lost 10 times on the road. Can't do that. Can't do. It's <laughs> going to be hard to do that in MLS and, and get yourself a playoff spot. That's for damn sure. Um, as we kind of round things out here, um, obviously we're not going to cover absolutely every single thing. Uh, a team that was eliminated was Montreal. Orlando beat them 2-0. Kind of just summed up Montreal's season really playing well below their levels, not a lot of cohesion. Just giveaways in the end. I I felt like they kind of just threw this one to Orlando. I'm dying to know now that it's done, Montreal's season, the the notorious club de foot. How do you rate this season? Like, I mean, obviously the coaching change and, and things were not ideal, but for you, do you go like as expected are you disappointed are you surprised they even made it this far this is a building year for them but one in which they will definitely have to show improvement next year like i think it's fine to look at this, what they put together and say this is a group with lots of great pieces this is a group that has some promise this is a, a group that can perform better um but there were a lot of self-inflicted problems rudy camacho getting a red in this one I just, I feel like it's another one of those, like, in-between weeks. I'm like, maybe I'm too hard on Camacho because he has these blindingly great moments where he's just so defensively solid. But, you know, how many reds <laughs> does it take yeah. before you're considered a liability? This, Yeah, it's, it's especially bad and just boneheaded here again. Um it's it's not a great look. But, but yeah, I agree. You know, a 10th place finish is, is not nothing. And 46 points, just too shy of New York uh, Red Bulls 48 that got them across the line. Like, you know, it's not... You don't have to chuck it all out here. Part of the uh, discussion here is, is, in this game, is a, a disallowed goal for Kyoto. Um, and, you know, they'll say, if we could have... If we would have been given this, and it maybe have been a draw... But I think this is similar to the point that you made earlier about RSL. I think this is one where you said there's no way to say that there isn't another goal in this for Orlando, that Daryl DK is not going to score and make this a, a, a win anyway. You know, this is yeah. – this is. Yeah. there was a little bit more time 
at the end of that one and 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 I just think that that you can't in the same way you can't sit on that one and say well if this call had gone a different way it would have been different no there there's 10 other things that should have gone different <laughs> absolutely and i know it doesn't matter but if we're if we're doing slippery slope arguments then i think it also matters who you're up against in that first round anyway you know yeah. like it can't just be well like oh and then we'd probably win mls cup it's like no if montreal had somehow won that they'd be facing nashville and they'd be getting their asses handed to them so you know uh it's it coulda woulda shoulda as we always say here it's like look mls is going to be cruel to you but like you've got to get the business done on your end get the points where you can stop the self-inflicted wounds and and try to get the positive result yes not hope that all the calls go your way if that's your strategy in mls you're gonna have a bad time the other thing i had in my notes i wanted to talk about with that was that uh um red bulls really bounding to the finish and 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 bearing down on this game with with philadelphia it really looks like it's going to be a a knockabout game as it were Mm -hmm. and and, uh the uh some of the, the, the goals that are being scored by Red Bulls really look, you know, Fabio looking amazing. He lassos it he la- for his first goal, he lassos it with the first touch off the cross and then fires it home. Like like the first touch does not give in that the first it in the first minute as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sixty seconds had not yet switched over when he did that. Red Bulls are still a very, you know, inconsistent team. Um yeah, I, I feel like that that one's set up to be a, a real good spicy one. I think, you know, New York City, Atlanta will be a good good one too. But yeah, Philadelphia, Red Bulls, obviously we've got the the defensively-minded Philadelphia that has struggled to score goals. <laughs> and then sort of, you know, the, the other end of the spectrum. Um, well, no, I mean, no, actually, they've both only conceded 33 goals. The Red Bulls have quietly been defensively stout this season, but of course struggling to score goals um so it'll be interesting to see what what happens in in that one but i agree it's going to be a uh um spicy one yes i think so yeah we talked about uh nashville orlando in the second round will be fun i think those teams will match up really well together as well yeah and of course you know sporting kansas city vancouver just i i think it Although a lot of people say Sporting Kansas City are the favorites, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I, I really do feel like that could upset things a bit. Um, <clears throat> and of course, Seattle RSL. Um, <laughs> it's not like me to bet against the Seattle Sounders. But, <laughs> you know, I think there's just enough things and RSL's got a bit of momentum in their sales. It, it's been a dogged time for Seattle. So we'll see what happens there. I. Uh, but that is the, the bracket as it's... I'm going to be... Um, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be a little bit dissenting here. I thought uh, that last goal, minute goal from Krylak, which was great aside, I thought that Salt Lake had a terrible run in. And it's true that as they showed Kansas City, they can still show up as the away team and do a lot of damage. But in, in Seattle have been hurting and I don't necessarily buy the argument that the the international break is going to solve everything because 
you know, some of those players are going to be playing games. It's not like it's a break for everyone. Um, but yeah, I still, I still compared to when you look at not just that last game, but the last couple of games. The interesting thing is when you look at how the two teams match up, it's fairly even. Um, in the last three outings, or specifically the, the most important of the last two, Seattle has won both times two to one. Historically, Seattle has 16 wins, six draws. RSL has 14 wins. So, you know, I, I accept your premise. And I also include a but. <laughs> you, you never, never know with Real Salt Lake what you're going to get. But, I, I mean, yeah, I feel like uh, Seattle should be able to win that one. But we'll see. The one the one other thing, there were a couple of, this decision day represented the, um, you know, the final appearances of a couple of of MLS stalwarts, Federico Higuain. That's right. That's right. Oh, I just blocked this part of the show out. I knew we had to get to it eventually. But uh, yes, Higuain, of course, Gonzalo Higuain has, has hung up the boots. No, Federico, him, Federico. Fred, Federico, so no, not Gonzalo. And what was the... Uh, Fred, Federico. I'm I'm blanking. Uh, Justin Morrow for, for TFC. Yeah. Is... And then, of course, the GOAT himself. Uh, Chris Londolowski. Chris Wondolowski he, has decided that his last game was his last. He delayed game. the end for a year. Um, I mean, I feel like he he definitely put pause on pause twice. <laughs> um. He he put together what a you know even though the last couple of years I don't think you could really look at him in, in the way that some other you know goal scorers do. He's such an atypical goal scorer in terms of his development as a player and when he started to break out in the age that he broke out anyway. But but I don't think he ever became like a brick or a passenger or, a, no. you know, an obstacle to the success of his team. Um, so it is such a wonderful feeling that he is able to score his, and extend his record to 171 goals in his final game. He either crosses in, he's in just the right spot. Yes. <laughs> As we will always remember him in just the right spot, Score, <laughs> scoring goals against your and my team, and yours, and yours, and yours, and yours. And yours. <laughs> but obviously, yeah, just such a, an amazing career. It had to come to an end at some point. I am, of course, just grateful we got, you know, the extra year, probably extra couple of years out of him. Um and and just the enjoyment, but you know we've we've talked about this when the the big MLS names retire, and it, it does kind of just it feels weird. It feels very different and strange. Like I just I cannot imagine not just earthquakes without Chris Wondolowski, but like MLS without Wondolowski is just. I mean, I guess it's going to be <laughs> easier for someone to climb up that goal scoring chart, but he certainly set the bar high for everyone. Matt Beasler is the one who. Uh... Matt uh, is, is another one, one who's right. another one who's leaving. I'm trying to find the text of his speech because I loved his, uh, I loved his speech um, that he gave following the final minute. That was a, that was mm. the the emotional moment. They love him over there, and and uh, to to be able to have that, uh, to be able to have that moment and to have it be at home. It's is is I think you're right that that it wasn't only one year. But uh, that that he you know delayed the end. But 
this is to have that happen at home and, and was absolutely something that um that he deserved and 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 I'm glad it happened this year as opposed to last year or in a in a uh in a compromised situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh until next time where can we find you online? You can find me online uh, on Twitter. Can we just real briefly, just because we don't have to talk about it at length, but just to just to get it on the uh, just to get it on the record. Um, the uh, the Canadian Premier League season came to an end. The uh, the playoffs are this weekend ah, coming up. Um, right. With uh, it'll be uh, Calvary hosting. Uh, Cavalry hosting Forge on Saturday, if I recall, and then I had it on here, but it didn't. Uh, it didn't quite. I don't remember what the other one is. Um, I had it on here, and then it didn't display the way I thought it was going to. And the uh, NWSL is also heading towards heading towards its uh, its championship game as well. Um, it is all wrapping up. Yes, which again, I thought I had it sitting in front of here, and then I hit a button, and it didn't appear. Um, but uh, the why is everything moving so slowly? <laughs> but yeah, that'll, those will be. Uh, I haven't got to, to the chance to see as much of those. Uh, it'll be oh sorry, it'll be Calvary versus Pacific on the twentieth, and then on the twenty-first, it'll be Forge versus York United. Very sad about. Um, the Wanderers not being able to make it, but they, they uh, into the into the playoffs, but they didn't quite nail it in that last game against Forge on the seventh. The NWSL final will be Washington Spirit versus the Chicago Red Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, after uh, Portland lost at home two nothing to the Red Stars, and uh, the Rain lost two one at home to the Spirit. That would have been. Uh, you know, you could see in a, a, a configuration where those two Northwest teams uh, played each other. It's been a weird year for the Thorns. I'm sorry for Christine Sinclair. They couldn't make it, but I feel like those two teams, it's a weird year for the Spirit. The Spirit could be, yeah. the Spirit could be in a mutiny position at the time that they, <laughs> that yeah. they, that they win um, the league championship. But, um, but that will be exciting. To see uh, to see the final, which will be which will also be on Saturday at one p.m. Everything is happening. <laughs> it's all happening the same day at the same minute. It's all happening. Speaking of happening, Canada just kicked off. I'm ending this episode. Find us that's so MLS dot com. Uh, wherever else you get podcasts, you know the drill. Find the thing. Don't get sent off. <laughs>